Michael Smith, you're a Jesuit from New Zealand. You're over here in Ireland on a visit. And one of the areas that you have looked at and taught on is communal discernment. Mm. Now, people know about the word discernment, but what is communal discernment? Let's start off with individual discernment first. The idea behind uh, individual discernment is that God has an interest in the choices that you make as an individual or that I make or as anybody who's listening to this makes in seeking God's will seeking what God's God wants it's not necessarily that God has a has a blueprint for you but what would be most you it's the largest the most good what is God calling me to do where I can best work with God to bring about the reign of God so let's talk about the reign of God the idea is that God has God's project in the world that God created the world and is continuing to create the world and what we're called to do is to work with God in God's project as an individual so that, you know, what would be the best thing for me to do? Now, St. Ignatius was very interested in the person at the point of decision making. The word decision comes from decidere, is the Latin, is closely related to the word occidere, which means to kill. Or When you make a decision, when you choose to do your master's in psychology rather than your master's in nursing, let's say, you've killed off an option. You've moved away from one option and you're saying, no, I feel this is more me. This is where God wants me to be. This is where I can flourish the most. This is where I can most contribute in building up the reign of God. This is where I can make uh, the contribution that God calls me to make. It's mysterious. When, whenever you're dealing with the will of God, it's mysterious. It's not as if you know, God God has this big plan and said, no, you should be doing this and you've gone off on that direction. No, it's something that you talk to God about. I- imagine if your husband came home and said, darling, I've bought a new car. If you're like most women, your reaction would be, what? You didn't speak to me about it. You know, be rightly cranky about that. I thought we were going to go on to, in a holiday to Spain and now we've got a brand new car. I mean, you know, you haven't consulted me. It was something like that. It's like we pray and we consult God. We talk to God like a couple would talk with one another about, but if your husband said something like, well, you know, that car's a bit tattery. Perhaps we need to get a new car. But I thought we were going to put a, put a new room in the house, a new, put an extension on the house. Oh, yes, well, and then you might negotiate. Well, maybe we can lease a car and, and do that. Or, or maybe we'll, we won't build the, the new room, but we will go on that holiday to Spain. So you talk about it. Individual discernment is about praying and talking to God and then incarnating your consolation. What that means is putting flesh on it. So this feels right, so I go and do something about it. I act. So that's at the individual level. So, and all the time, my parents were discerning all the time. I don't think they would have used the word discerning, but they were together talking and praying and listening and talking to friends about, you know, where do we send our kids to school? Uh, what do we do? Do I take up this offer or that? Or do I take on this new job or not? Do I move to a new house? Mm. All the time, we've got decisions to make. And we're saying, what does God want of me in this situation? Now, that's at the individual level. But we also operate in communities, in groups. And that's where it can get very difficult. <laughs> that's where it can get difficult. The Society of Jesus was founded in a communal discernment. So St. Ignatius composed the spiritual exercises. He had a group of companions around them. And then the group of companions met in Venice. And they, as a group, they were working. The question was, well, there was two questions. Do we stay together as a group? And do we have one member to whom we have obedience? 
So this was the question. And so they thought about this and they prayed about this. They went and did their ministry and they came back in the evening and they would talk together. They would pray together. They would discuss and then they put the options up, prayed about it, and they came to a decision to found the Society of Jesus. The Society of Jesus was co-founded by Ignatius Andis and the First Companions. That's interesting because normally we think of orders being founded, there's a leader, sets it up, gathers people around them and away they go. No, people say, well, do, do you think Ignatius always wanted to have an order? You know, he sort of pushed it in that direction. I don't think so. I think he came to that discernment perfectly free about where is the spirit guiding not me as an individual but us as a group where is the spirit guiding us as a group is god asking us to stay together as a group the alternative was to disperse all over europe and you know attach themselves to a bishop somewhere and and work and all that so but what they decided was no god is calling us to stay together as a group and ignatius then was the was the first father general so this is in our dna as a religious order discernment in common and so we've got the processes of discernment common are fairly straightforward, as a matter of fact. But being the sort of people and being the sorts of groups that can discern together, that's a different matter. Because in any group, well, some people want this, some people want that. And if we go with that, then maybe I'll have, if we decide to close down that school, then I'll lose something. Or if we choose to open up that ministry, you know, what's in it for me? Or I might lose something. And some people like change and some people hate change and some people are grumpy and introverted or nice and introverted. But we've personalities that all come into group dynamics. So the thing about discernment in common or communal discernment, discernment in common, we'll call it, is to be free enough, spiritually free enough to make this decision. So there's a lot of renunciation a lot of letting go has to happen in order to be free enough to discern. So we have general congregations uh, in the Society of Jesus. You hold a general congregation, elect a new general, as we did in our last general congregation 36, we elected Father Arturo Sosa as our new general, and also to give guidance to the society. So this group comes together, 200 and so Jesuits from around the world, and they discern in common what the direction of the society is going to be. Basically, this this group missions the new general, and they say, here is your mission. We want you to carry this out. And one of the things they came up with in the last general congregation was to have an emphasis on discernment in common linked with apostolic planning at all levels of the mission of the Society of Jesus. Now, that's a big thing, Mm. that at all levels of decision-making and apostolic works and on all levels of the Society of Jesus, our way of proceeding will be discernment in common linked with apostolic planning. If you just have discernment in common without apostolic planning, then you can have these wonderful ideas, but nothing gets done. But if you just have apostolic planning without discernment, well, we're just like any other corporation, any other group. And we say, no, as a group, are trying to discern what God wants of us as a group, as a communications office, as a province, in all sorts of different areas. But in order to do that, Father General has written three letters on this, very good letters. I recommend that people read his letters on um, discernment in common and apostolic planning. But he says, in order to discern in common, uh, apostolic planning based on discernment in common, you need to have individual conversion, communal conversion, and organizational conversion, institutional conversion. What does he mean by the the last two, at least? Well, 
Well, the individual conversion, conversion can be at many levels. It can be intellectual, can be religious, can be socio-political conversion. We're always being called to go further, to be more and more open, to let go of our prejudices, to let go of our unfreedoms, to open up into new life. That's individual conversion. Communal conversion could be living more simply, but also as an individual in this group, say in my community, I have an opinion, but I'm prepared to let it go if it seems that another opinion is more important. Or institutional conversion. So let's say that a a particular school uh, wants to, to reach out to the poor or to take in refugees and all that, and that seems like a good idea. But you may have some donors who say, oh, we don't think we like that. No, I'm just making this up. Yeah. We don't like that. Yeah. And so we better not challenge too hard or some of our major donors may walk away. They may withdraw their funding or something like that. And it may be that you need to say, well, so be it. So be it. This value, being open to refugees, for instance, or, or migrants or and so on, to change our orientation and the way we were running our school, if it upsets some people, but we think it really is from God, well, then that's what we do. The temptation would be to say, well, let's just dampen this down a little bit. Let's just tone it down. We don't want to upset people. There's a, probably a living example of that from Australia, from your own province, I think, was it when your provincial Mark Raper was on television yes. and it was a child sexual abuse, but it was a teacher in one of the schools. It yes. wasn't a Jesuit, but yes. it was in their schools. Yes. And all his advice was by the lawyers, don't say this say this much and say the other and then he went on television and said whatever money it takes whatever compensation whatever it takes we're going to do it and is that a good example of it I mean he could have bankrupted the Jesuits in Australia but he didn't care the interview was a woman called Maxine McHugh and she interviewed Father Raper Mark Raper and he was very open and honest and he said we're not going to take a legal approach to this we're going to take a pastoral approach and, and do whatever we can to help and heal people at the end of the interview, you know, when they're in the interviewer, like yourself, turns to the camera and she said, this is groundbreaking. This is something that's quite different. And it, and it was. It did cost us a lot of money, but it was important. It was important to do that. And it, it was pivotal in the whole thing. Yeah. Very important. And it's interesting how something like that, which I think is what Ignatius always seemed to see, that if you do that kind of discernment, and that was then the institutional discernment, yes. and presumably he'd done his individual, his communal, then the institutional, that what changed? It's not just that you do the right thing, but when you do the right thing, by your fruits you shall know them. Everything yes. changed, yes. even in the society in terms of attitudes. Yes, it flowed over. But it's a risk. Institutions invariably want to protect themselves, want to look after their reputation. I think this is why so much we're reaping that now in the church, because it was, well, something's happened, but we need to protect our reputation. And so the victims were overlooked. And that conversion, it still has to fully happen. I don't think we're fully there yet. One of the things that in the small bit of communal discernment I have been involved in that has struck me is the way that Jesuits will look at what doesn't energise them and what does energise them as a group. And that requires honesty. But something happens in that process when a group is allowed to be safe and honest and say, this is pulling me down, this is pulling me down. It seems to free something up for to get into another energy to do something. Here's what is calling us. The spirit is unleashed and you can do new things because, I mean, the world is changing so quickly. We don't know what the world is going to be like in five years' time. Five years ago, five years past, think forward to now, we couldn't have known what, what was going to be happening in the church and so on. So with the context changing so quickly, you know, we've got to be more open and free to respond. And I'm also struck by something that you said in this regard, that you at your general congregation where yes. delegates from all over the world came, you mentioned, after discerning communally yes. what 
you were about over a number of weeks. You missioned your general to go out and do it. Rather than, we elected a general who will now tell us what to do yeah. and what his vision is. Yes, I had a dinner with the general earlier in the year, a whole group of us at the table. I've been reading his letters. I said to him, oh, Father General, I said, you're asking the, the society for individual, communal and institutional or organisational conversion. And that's a big ask. He said, no, I'm not asking that. No, he said, the general congregation is asking that. Ah, yes, sir. Okay. (laughs) That was you? I I, I take that. Yes, Yes. thank you. And and, and that's very empowering because he's able to say, I'm doing what you mandated me to do. Is it then, to finish, is this what Pope Francis is trying to do in a certain way? Because he's trying to say to people, go and reflect. Go in your own culture and reflect on the gospel, reflect on the documents, reflect and come back. Whereas what's continually happening is that the resistance I think he's meeting is that people are saying, and particularly certain hierarchies in certain places, are not willing to do that. They want to be told what to do by a Pope. The Pope is asking the Church to enter into discernment in common. So it's not just the Jesuits are doing this, he's actually asking the Church to do this. I think the Pope is looking to the Society of Jesus for help for the Church in doing this sort of discernment in common. And that would be, if we can have that, that could change so much. Could, but it's a long, slow process. We wait and see. We will. (laughs) Thank you.